Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and... Your boy, David Dirks. Yeah, he is all of our collective boy. <laughs> and on. this week, we're going to be talking about classic dad movies. And I know what you're thinking, that's just movies with dads in them. Yes, and also, no, not that, even in the slightest. But we'll explain it after this intro, so stick around. All right, so I, I'm, I'm sitting there this weekend, um, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was not watching the Masters on TV, but I did have it on my phone, um, and I was, just, I was just sitting there listening to the nice, just soft sounds of, of, of Jim Nance's voice um, and mm. the birds chirping. David, can you give me some birds in the background, some bird chirps? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. That's exactly how CBS does it. And I was thinking... Oh, that was actually kind of good. I was thinking, why why do I care about this? Because um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't love to watch golf on TV. I don't even know why I was watching the Masters. And I was like, I do know why I'm watching the Masters. And it's because of two people in my life. The primary one is because of my dad and, and also because of my brother, who both love golf with all their heart, soul, mind, strength. I don't know about that. But they both love golf. And then I got to thinking, like, what things have – been influenced in my life by my father. What what things do I love because of my father? I think David would probably agree with me that um, sports, our love for sports is probably primarily motivated from our fathers. Yeah. And I think movies a lot are the same way. And I got to thinking, and this is something we talk about all the time, what is like a dad movie? Mm. Like a movie, well, the bird sounds in the background right now are immaculate. <laughs> what is a movie that my dad would love to watch and that I would always watch with my dad. And that's where the idea for this show comes from. So I was essentially watching a golf tournament and then I thought about movies that my dad would love. Um, so David, I have a question. What to you, what would you consider a dad movie? What is a dad movie? Oh my goodness. How do I even explain? Um, well, you kind of have to, it's what our whole podcast is about right now. So to me, the two biggest factors Number one, action, and number two, some comedic relief. Yep, yep. I th think for, for both of us, these are like, um, and this is back when we were obviously living at home, when if you have cable or satellite or anything like that, um, you are sitting there uh, on a, like a, let's just say a Saturday afternoon, you're like, what do we watch? And your dad flips through TNT, USA, TBS, and FX. There's movies playing on all those channels. Which one is your dad going to pick? You know, which one's he going to mm -hmm. pop into and be like, no, hey, this and is they're, a good they're, movie. Uh, before we left college, FXX came out. Yeah, a little and more, that was an, some more options. That was know? an extra movie channel. So those that's what I'm thinking of right now is like, what's my dad going to pop into and watch? And I think that's kind of kind of the inspiration. So I agree. The key elements are comedy, I think, action. I also think it has to either ha be made before 2000 mm. or – star actors that were at their peak before 2000. So, like, let's say we're watching a Nicolas Cage movie made in 2008, but your dad is like, you know, Face Off. Sorry to steal one of yours. Face Off is really where Nicolas Cage peaked, right? That's, like, kind of the thing. It's like Bruce Willis, would like, peaked at Die Hard. I remember when Die Hard came out, and I love Die Hard. I think those are the key dad things. Mm. Um, they're movies your dad watches with you. They're normally generally kind of family friendly, but not really. But they're movies that you would just turn on with your dad and you like 
think of your dad when you're watching them. Well, hey, man, on FX, though, it gets bleeped. The stuff gets cut. It's good. It's good right, to watch. Right, right. You obviously got the commercial breaks in there where they tell you about all the other movies that they have and their original shows that you're never going to watch. Cause Some Michael Bay Transformer movie or who's something. Who's out here watching Burn Notice? Let's be honest. Nobody. Yeah, all right? Yeah. You are not watching. I don't know a single person that's ever seen Burn Notice. So you're not doing that. Um, how do you feel about these kind of movies? Um... These aren't movies that I'll spend money to watch, but if it's been a long day, the mind's tired, a lot of, lot of thinking, a lot of studying, a lot of, lot of working, and I just want something to watch that I don't have to think deeply about, throw one of these on. Yeah. Kind of funny, kind of entertaining, but man, I'm not too invested into this. I think these are a lot like comfort food for me as far as movies. They're like comfort movies. Mm-hmm. Like I can turn this on and I know that I'm going to be satisfied at the end and I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy myself, and it's not going to give me asking existential questions or make me think about the movie. Or which, make me depressed. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I don't, I don't want to think about movies, okay? Sometimes I want to just watch a movie and be like, that was good, and that's it. That's what I want to do. So today, I, David and I are going to be presenting our Mount Rushmore of dad movies. I want to ask, are these inspired specifically by your dad? Like, are these the movies that you think of when you think of your father? Is that how you're doing this? Yeah, most likely. Pretty okay. much, yeah. Me too. Um, so I think everybody's list would probably be different, but this is, this is what we're both thinking of. These are the kind of movies where my dad would look at me and quote one of his good friends, uh, John Bauer, and say, uh, yeah, it's a good movie, you know, if you like good movies, which <laughs> – John Bauer is never going to listen to this podcast. Uh, for the five people that know him that are listening to this, uh, tell him about it, I guess. But <laughs> that's just a great quote, and that's something that sticks with me. Every time I see one of these movies, and I'm like, that's a good movie if you like mm-hmm. good movies. So, David, what's your first Mount Rushmore pick? What you got? First Mount Rushmore is a movie made in 2010 titled Red. Uh, has Bruce Willis. There we go. Old star. Was famous before. There you go. Boom. Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, Mary Louis Par- Louise Parker. Um. Yeah. Nope. He doesn't make an appearance to the second one. No. Wait. Yeah. Actually, where's uh John Malkovich? Yeah. Is, not, is he not top build? No, I don't see him. That's An why I was confused. Integral part of this film, John Malkovich. What's the What's the plot of Red? What What's happening in Red? So, um, let's see. He's a He's a former former really former assassin, former special ops guy. Uh, just kind of living his peaceful life. Um. And when this is that Bruce Willis's character, yeah, yeah, sorry, Bruce Willis' character, as bald as ever, um, <laughs> when his peaceful life's threatened um, by another assassin uh, agent, Frank Moses, uh, reassembles his old team uh, in a last-ditch effort to survive and uncover his assailants. So, you know, he's he's threatened, he's on the runs, and goes back to some old kind of friends and once foes uh, to help him, you know, kind of uncover the truth and truth and survive this. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's action packed. It's funny. There's, yeah. there, there, it really is kind of funny. Even. John Malkovich is for sure. Like the funniest part of this movie. Very, His very good at what he does. Cracks you up yeah. so much. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I enjoy it really. Honestly, it's, I hate to admit it, but it's kind of a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Um, I think this is, this is exactly what we're talking about. I mean, it's based on a graphic novel, which neither one of us have read. Um, but <laughs> read, um, but it's like, <laughs> You just turn on you just turn on this movie and you're just you're having a good time, you know? The all the way up from the putting the bullets in the frying pan to to the snow shootout to all the other stuff. I action sequences aren't groundbreaking, but it's an entertaining movie filled with fam- 
familiar favorites. So, yeah, I actually think this is one of my dad, one of my dad's like more like favorite movies that he he enjoys to watch. I think is this. Yeah, is, this is at the top of the list. I think, and I don't know that your dad would say this is the best movie he's ever seen, but mm-hmm. he's gonna have a good time every time he watches it. And yeah. sometimes that's what you want out of a movie. So, yeah. all right, my, my dad's my dad's first pick. My first pick for my dad would be the movie Armageddon. And this is actually kind of a a mom pick as well because I know my mom loves to cry at the end of this film. Um, And it's starring, you guessed it, our guy, Bruce Bruce Willis. Um, If you haven't been keeping up with the news lately, Bruce Willis um, is actually, was revealed that he's been diagnosed with, I guess, a form of early dementia, um, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. And, you know, you kind of have, I think, like myself, a lot of people have been wondering why he's been in, like, so many movies that you've never even heard of in the last four or five years. And it came out that, like, on set, he didn't really know what he was doing and that a lot of these producers were taking advantage of him for for kind of a cash grab, essentially, because they could attach Bruce Willis's name and make a certain amount of money from it. Mm-hmm. First of all, those people are disgusting. And mm-hmm. second of all, Bruce Willis, I hope you're doing well, and I hope that you're getting the help that you need and that people would stop trying to take advantage of you because that's gross mm-hmm. um now back to this movie uh here's the plot of armageddon and here's why it's great <laughs> after discovering that an asteroid the size of texas is going to impact earth in less than a month nasa recruits a team of deep core oil drillers to save the planet directed by michael bay <laughs> this movie's fun screenplay by J.J. Abrams. Yep, and Classic. like eight other people. Tony yeah, well, Gilroy, like so many people contributed to this. This movie's great. Um, it catches like peak Ben Affleck, a hot Hollywood starlet. You got Billy Bob Thornton whenever Billy Bob Thornton was a thing for a while. Liv Tyler is in this, Steve Buscemi, Owen Wilson. Uh, William Fickner's in this, and you're thinking, I don't know who that is. And then you look at his face. Michael Clark Duncan is amazing. Did you, did you say ben, old Benny? Did you already see Ben Affleck? Yeah, I already said did you not hear my comment about how he used to be hot? Still is, I oh, guess. I don't know. That's, that's on me. Um, yeah, this is it's great. It's a movie that has an emotional gut punch. It's got some comedic elements to it. There's some cool action sequences on the asteroid. There's some parts that are incoherent. Um, I think Ben Affleck actually asked Michael Bay when they were shooting this, wouldn't it be easier if they just trained astronauts how to oil drill than trying to train oil drillers how to be astronauts? Michael Blay was apparently upset because that made too much <laughs> sense. Um, yeah, this movie's great. Uh, it's got, uh, I think, an all-time just music moment with just Aerosmith in this movie is iconic. Hmm. Um, there's also some really weird moments. I'm thinking specifically of the Ben Affleck graham cracker scene, or animal cracker, my bad, animal cracker scene with Liv Tyler. But... Yeah, this is a perfect, like, oh, this movie's on TNT. Every scene has its purpose. We got to watch the end of it. And, like, the speech at the end that Bruce Willis does to Liv Tyler, it makes me emotional every time I see it. And it's, I think, one of the first times I remember crying watching a movie. So, Mm. yeah, this is a mega hit. And it's, again, one of those, like, turn your brain off, turn the movie on, and have a good time movies. And for all you dads watching, I know you guys have Prime. So this is on Prime Video, so you can go rewatch this if you want. Yeah, and it, it is it is two and a half hours. I mean, it's a Michael Bay epic, but I think this is good Michael Bay. Um, I'm actually going to watch Ambulance later this week, which is the most recent Michael Bay movie, and I'm excited about it. Transformers, in my opinion, after the first one, is bad Michael Bay. And Michael Bay's not great by any stretch of the word, but this is when he's doing – he's in his bag doing what he's good at. Um, and, yeah, it's really impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this movie is – 
very charming and it's ridiculous, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This have you seen Deep Impact? Have you seen the movie Deep Impact where Morgan Freeman is the president? It came out like yes. literally the same year. Yeah. As this. I think so. Which one would you pick? You gotta watch one. Okay, you gotta watch one asteroid coming to destroy the planet movies. Which one do you pick in here? Deep Impact or Armageddon? Hmm. I just wanna know. Morgan Freeman is pretty good. I'm I'm looking up Deep Impact. I think I may have to kind of re- Deep Impact make, is refamiliar. Myself. It's less um actiony, I would say. Uh it's much more focused on the people on the ground rather than heroics. Hmm. Um I mean there are heroics, but I think that that a lot of it is it's more grounded, I would say, than Armageddon. But for me, Armageddon's just more entertaining. It's wild. Yeah, I think movies... that's why I would choose Armageddon because it's like they're like landing a spaceship on this asteroid and they're trying to. How can we? Like, I, I think that's a cool concept. And they came out in the same year. That's crazy. How do how how close is it? Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Go. This is I like. How do you make these movies so close to each other? Wasn't like, there another? Wasn't there a case for something else as well? There was like a year. I, mean, I guess it could have been the 2012 year. You mean the, the year whenever they dropped White House down and Olympus has fallen right back? Yes, to back? yes. Yeah. And they yeah. like the exact same plot, more yeah. or less. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how this happens. Uh, Google is not surely people. Straight up surely, like you think they know? There's no way it's just coincidence, right? Probably in the film world, right? Film world, like okay, they know. literally. Okay, so Deep Impact. Came out first. Came out May 8th, 1998. Michael Bay's Armageddon came out June 30th, 1998. What the? How? <laughs> like, how is this happening? Mm-hmm. As, sorry, tangent, side note. Iconic dad movie. Uh, I remember my dad just scrolling through and seeing this on TNT and being like, yep, that's it. Looks good. So what we're doing for the next hour and a half because we're already halfway through it. I think I, – I don't know if I've seen this full movie in its entirety together because the yeah. amount of times I've seen it on cable. That was the worst growing up. Like you go to rent a movie and you're like five minutes in on cable. So you just got to start five minutes in because you can't like yeah. rewind, you know. Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. But wow. Well. All right. What is your second Mount Rushmore dad movie? Mine is Air Force One made in 1997 starring Get Harrison Ford. Yep, 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 exactly. Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, Glenn Close, Gary, a couple other ones. Gary Oldman is absolutely just going for it in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's fantastic. But this is your classic, right? Some communist radicals hijack Air Force One with U.S. President Harrison Ford and his family on board. I think Harrison Ford should run for president in real life. But uh, the vice president <laughs> negotiates from D.C. while the president, a veteran, uh, fights to rescue the hostages on board. It's just again action packed. A couple comedic moments. Really not as many in this in this movie. Um, no, I think that it's just funny your classic just though. At. Like, oh America, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Dad stands up like, all right, I yeah. do live in a good, co-, you know. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, I, I first of all. I think it's very ironic that Harrison Ford is trying to save a plane right now, given his actual plane crash history. Um, for those of you that don't know, Harrison Ford is an, I don't know, attempted pilot. I, I believe he's crashed his plane over like seven or eight times. Jeez, um, I did not know that. Yeah, he's not great. So, <laughs> But I, I, just, I, I also very much enjoy this movie. I think this is a movie that probably doesn't happen now, given... 
you know, I don't think it happens post 9-11. I just don't think you do a president hijacking movie after 9-11. Mm. I don't I don't think that occurs. But I, I enjoy it. I also enjoy parts. Of, I mean, Glenn Close is a, a very good actress. Um, and she's very good at this. And like I said, Gary Oldman. I love when Gary Oldman plays a villain in a movie because he's absolutely just hamming it up. I think of this and I think of Leon the Professional. Um, mm. Both of them are just performances where he's just like, I'm here to have fun and just be crazy and insane. Um, and then eventually get beat up by the president of the United States. And, yeah, that's great. I think that's an actor we don't talk about enough. Has he been in a bad movie? Um, I, I, I think he's been in maybe boring movies. I don't know about bad. I don't think he's ever like, bad in movies. Every performance I've seen him do has just been well done. He, he's one of those people that he just he's going to do it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's not the greatest script or anything, you're never going to walk out of a movie and be like, well, Gary Oldman just phoned that in. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like that's ever going to happen. It's never happened um, in anything I've seen. So, I mean, he's in movies like, you know, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard and stuff. Um, well, okay, that's fair. And uh, I, I guess the woman in the window wasn't the greatest, but he, again, yeah, he did fine. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. It's the, Robo, the RoboCop remake. Like These are movies that aren't fantastic, but Gary Oldman is always going for it, mm-hmm. which I think is admirable and something I look for in actors. So, All right, your, your pick, Air Force One. Get off my plane. Yeah, that's like that's, – that'll make your dad emotional <laughs> if he hears that. You know, like, <laughs> um, okay, my second pick um, is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I heavily mm. debated whether to do this one or the first Indiana Jones film. Um, but I decided to do this one because it's a movie about fathers. I know that's not required, but this is a movie about Indiana Jones and his father going on a quest uh, to find the Holy Grail and also accidentally sleeping with the same Nazi spy, which is one of the funniest <laughs> gags in this. Um, I, it's just the the chemistry between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery is very good in this movie. Um, and I think Indiana Jones movies are great movies to watch with your family. Like, they're always... They're always extremely fun adventure films. Um, Spielberg obviously just makes really good family movies anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is the one that I think is the most emotionally resonant for me. Um, and the story with his dad is, is really good. Also has, I think, one of the unsung amazing parts of this movie is River Phoenix's young Indiana Jones. That whole sequence is really mesmerizing. Um, and he just like portrays Harrison Ford really well, essentially, because that's what he's doing. Um, but this is the movie I think of first when I think of Indiana Jones, mainly because I just think of like the witty back and forth between him and his father throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. They're like the same person. Yeah. Same comedy, stuff like that. Yeah. Accidentally sleep with the same Nazi spy, as I've already said. That happens. Um, yeah. I just think it's – I also, I think I've kind of been colored by uh, – and Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, is still the better film. For me, but the fact that Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you look at it, Indiana Jones didn't really impact the plot at all because he never, he doesn't really find uh, the Ark of the Covenant and then the Mm. Nazis find it anyway and then just kill themselves anyway, um, which kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. But Mm. this one doesn't have that, um, but it does just really have the emotional beats and obviously good action, you know, and anytime you... Just hear the bum ba dum bum bum ba dum bum It's just great. So. Oh yeah, yeah. These first two movies are actually just genuinely good movies. So they're damn movies, but they're also just actually really good. The third one's good, but the plot's interesting. There's an interesting. You mean the? I think you mean the second one. Temple of Doom is second. 
that's the one we don't like. The heart beating one. I don't like Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mixed yeah. mix that up. Yeah, yeah that's kind of the. Yeah, and then this uh, this in my mind is the last Indiana Jones movie. Crystal Skull does not exist. Don't ask me about it. But they're about movie. to make another one. Redemption. I don't. Harrison Ford is like eighty. Actually, I, yeah, I don't think it'll actually. This is not a good idea. I just stop. Please, just leave leave things alone, okay? Let <laughs> Harrison Ford. I think is Junior! tired of playing the same iconic characters all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he asked Han Solo to die in Episode Seven of the Star Wars, and I think he's, like, he's probably t- tired of people asking tired, him to play Indiana Jones again. <laughs> I can't do this. Harrison yeah. Ford might be the king of dad movies because another one that was almost going to be on my list but wasn't is The Fugitive. Yep. Yeah, uh, which is another great dad movie. It's like I, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. That's also another great movie. Mm-hmm. So well, then you have you like Clear and Present Danger, Patriot Games. Like you have a bunch of these. Like the Jack Ryan movies are really good too from him. Yeah. So I, maybe maybe the goat of dad movies could be. Some are saying, yeah. not me, but some. There's are ch- saying. there's chatter. There is chatter. Okay, what is your actually before you get your third pick, let's take a let's take a quick break. Yeah, and then okay. we'll come back to your second half here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, and welcome back everybody. We're still in the middle of our Mount Rushmore of dad movies. Um and what is your third pick, David? Third pick is Men in Black. Such a good one. 1997 film starring Mr. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I think just about everybody and their mother has seen this movie. Yeah, I, yeah. But uh, it's a police officer joins a secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrial interactions on Earth. Um, this, wow, this is, it's, I'm just like, we talk about these movies and I think I'm just like having relapses and memories <laughs> like growing up of, We've watched this movie so many times. Yeah. Um, and the first one, I think, is actually a pretty pretty good movie. Yeah. It's, I, would say, I would say this is a genuinely very good movie. Mm-hmm. Perfect. They don't... Hate, it won an Oscar. Wow. I hate that they don't make movies like this anymore because I think people say that a lot is like, oh, I hate the MCU. But they really don't. Like, they really just don't make giant blockbusters like this with original ideas anymore. And I just, this is just one of those movies that just, like, you have a good time. You're just having a good time. The fact that this hours. was an original. Whew. It's a cool premise. You don't like have to try to dissect how all of it works and the yeah. different alien species, and I've never tried to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just you're having fun watching Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones and especially Vincent D'Onofrio, who is unrecognizable in his role, kind of. Yeah. Um, Edgar. Yeah. He's essentially just a giant cockroach for this entire movie wearing mm-hmm. human skin. I think this is why I hate cockroaches, this movie. Really? You think this this formulated that, that hatred for you? Yeah, I think so. Also, great meme movie. Um, <laughs> like the whole Neuralizer thing is fantastic. Um, and just Will Smith just ad-libbing stuff is also great. This is peak Will Smith too. Late 90s charismatic Will. Mm. This and Independence Day or what I think. Pursuit of, of think Happiness. Of Will Smith is an actor. I think that's later. I think it's, is it really? Okay, it might 2000s. be. Um, but that's what I think of. So what? Why? Why this one? What? What stands out to you? What makes this a dad movie to you versus just another movie you like to watch? I think. Is it just me or do dads just love Will Smith? I feel like there. I think there's that connection, especially with with I, the age that our fathers are. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I, let's see, sixty eight. I think. 
what would that that'd be 54 yeah 53 so i think i think will smith is yeah exact same age as my dad so that that probably contributes to that mm-hmm. but um that sorry that was weird um i think that's one of the big reasons is like as like specifically my dad's grown up will smith has kind of found his way on screen and he's kind of watched movies as um he's grown up and mm-hmm. uh and really before for a while there, it looked like he had a really nice family, right? Like before the stuff with Jada came out, like, wow, he just looks like a respectable guy, good family. Keep his wife's name out your Jada. mouth. <laughs> you know, and so the, his kids kind of, you know, and then. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to litigate the Will Smith family thing right now. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, So it's like, wow, this guy has it together. Good. He's a quality guy he, in his movies. He was just you know? a, he was the big movie star that was even if he wasn't in great movies you know he was going to be in movies that you thought were fun yeah you you went to a will smith movie like i'm gonna have a good time it's the summer uh, it's a nice summer blockbuster and i'm just gonna mm-hmm. go watch newsweek in 2007 go called him Day. the most powerful actor in hollywood yeah i mean you talk about will smith's run here so he had bad boys independence day then men in black um enemy of the state uh and then he started to kind of do a little bit more serious stuff, Legend of Bagger Vance, Ali. But he then came back with Men in Black 2, Bad Boys 2, I, Robot, Hitch. The, the, these are all just like fun I am movies. Legend. I Am Legend. Pursuit, of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. And Man. then I think he kind of falters a little. After Earth is terrible. Gosh, that movie's awful. David likes it, but it's not good. It's okay. Um, I'll, re- I'll recognize it. It's very, yeah, very okay. Will Smith is just... He's just a fun actor to watch in these action comedies, and he just even the Karate Kid like the movie was okay, but like to see him and his son like in a movie is together. He in Will, is he in the Karate Kid? Are you lying? Maybe he just produced it, or I think he direct. just produced it. It's just his kid. That's Jackie Chan. Will Smith and Jackie Chan. No, no, I know Jackie Chan's in there. <laughs> I thought for some reason he made an appearance, but maybe he's just like the producer and kind of helped direct it. Um, I think Will is. He's just one of the yeah. best action comedy blends. Um. And because he's comedically so funny, but he's in the shape and he's believable as an action star. And so. he actually, Loki has one of the more iconic shows on TV. Yeah, uh, iconic moments on TV of all time with his um, his ad libbing emotional scene of his yeah, dad dad his leaving dad him leaves on Fresh Prince. Yeah, so like, he, that's he, one of the more iconic he has, scenes. He has chops, and he can also he can also just make you laugh. So mm-hmm. he was perfect for these kinds of movies. But again. Classic kind of comedic. This one's a lot heavier on the comedic side, and I think that mm-hmm. makes it one of them. It's some with fun action and just some funny backhanded his, comedy. His chemistry with Tommy Lee Jones and Tommy Lee Jones is just playing the straight man, deadpan humor. Like, I think the funniest part of this movie for me is just Tommy Lee Jones seeing the wildest stuff and not reacting to it. Like, just being grumpy and he's yeah. just like, "Yeah, that's this is normal, kid. Why are you freaking out about it?" Mm-hmm. It's so great. Yeah. So yeah. All right, my third pick. Um, mine is, is going to veer off the action path a little. This is not an action mm-hmm. movie, but it's a movie I remember seeing on cable a lot with my father, which is why I was surprised when I watched the actual version later on in life and realized, um, what Jack, Jack Nicholson's character actually says and threatens <laughs> Cruz's character with at the end, but it's a few good men. You um, can't handle the truth. Yeah. We're just throwing out iconic lines. A uh, few good men, the courtroom drama. Starring Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon. And it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, 
I think my favorite screenwriter and maybe also my dad's actually, um, and directed by Rob Reiner, who I, actually I want to take a tangent a second here, and we're just going to, well, if Google will load. But Rob Reiner, one of the most underrated directors ever in just terms of power that he had and ability, the hits that this dude was just wheeling off in the 90s is just absolutely insane. Um well, 80s and 90s. So let's let's just start. We'll do this is Spinal Tap. Then he follows it up with the sure thing, Stand by Me, The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men, North, and The American President. Okay, all of those things were in a span of 11 years. He directed some insane classic movies, A Few Good Men, The Princess Bride, and Stand by Me. And When Harry Met Sally, all considered the best in their sub genres, and mm-hmm. He he just made all of them. So, yeah, Rob Reiner, good. <laughs> good at his job. Yeah. Good director. Um, this movie is great. Uh, I was actually considering putting The Princess Bride here because my dad quotes it all the time, but I kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about uh, an Aaron Sorkin movie, so I decided to. That's fair. Um, but I, I just – I love courtroom dramas. Um, I, I love when the action – is the dialogue like that's the action of the movie and this this is tom cruise peak star power in the 90s he's kind of in his young heartthrob phase still but he's moving into more serious roles i think and jack nicholson is one of the five greatest actors of all time and you you literally just let them do what they do Mm -hmm. best Mm -hmm. um it's dramatic i remember watching just the final courtroom confrontation between those two over and over and over and over on AMC, on TNT, on Spike. Like, mm-hmm. just any time that end of that movie was on, my dad was going to click on it and, like, we're going to watch this because it's fantastic. Um, and, yeah, that's what I think about. So it doesn't have the comedy thing. I think this is probably the most off-the-wall pick. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the one that makes the most sense. It's a movie that was all, I feel like it was always on when I was a kid. Yeah. And I feel like you you talk about the action is the lyrics the the the, the um, lyrics, sorry the the dialogue music on the brain as always worship pastor David Dirks um that because like in that courtroom scene you're like sweating like your body's tired because you're tense yeah because it's such a good scene and their 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 chemistry and the the dialogue is so well done that like you're almost more worn out after watching that than just like a mindless action movie you right know? yeah and. I, everything I think is is strong in this film. I think the one thing is I think Demi Moore's performance is kind of yeah as the she feels shoehorned love interesty. That is a critique of Aaron Sorkin's writing, which puts it in is, there because I think it's like, fair. You know. I think a lot of times the the women in some of his things are just put in there to be love interest for the men, which I don't love. Um, and I think that they could have written her character a little better. But either way, I think that I, it's a movie that does not make sense if you actually think about it. Like, Caffey should have been held in contempt of court like nine times during Mm -hmm. that in cross-examination of the witness. But it's just, it's got iconic quotes, and it's weird to say that it's a family movie because it's actually kind of about a really dark subject. I mean, it's about a Marine being murdered based on orders from a colonel. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not not happy. Mm -hmm. But, like... Just the line rings of the in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. It's mm-hmm. great. It's so quotable. And I, I remember watching this. I don't think I was super young, and I probably didn't understand it. But I just remember thinking, like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. 
Like mm-hmm. the way that they're talking to each other, the way that this movie is written is so cool, so fascinating to me. If a courtroom scene's done right, it's like very, very well done. Yeah, I think courtroom dramas is one of my favorite subgenre because I love courtroom cross-examination. You can feel like as Kathy starts to talk and you're like, where is he taking this? How is he going to get out of this? And then you see the way that he starts to weave and you know that he has Jessup boxed in a corner. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, what's going to happen now? And I – Obviously, I've seen this movie probably 10 times in my life, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. But I still, every time I'm, like, sh- like shocked whenever he pulls it out at the end. And then they have the, you can't handle the truth. And I'm, like, yelling the lines with the actors. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I yeah. think of my dad when I watch it. I think a little off subject, kind of. I think another courtroom scene that is just well done is The Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. I think that's another, like, just iconic courtroom back and forth. Um, very well done. But... Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a. I didn't watch this one as much growing up, um, but I, I when I did see it, it, it was one of those like, man, why, why, why have I not seen this more? Like, mm-hmm. this is really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you know, I I love this movie so much, and I wouldn't stop talking about how much I enjoyed it. And then my dad was like, "You should watch this show called The West Wing, written by the same guy." And now it's my favorite TV show of all time. So shout out, Dad. He's bing, really bing, got my back. All right, your last pick. What do you what do you got? This is one that I actually didn't watch much, but was one I always saw him watch, and I couldn't. Um, <laughs> but old <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Face Off, uh, nineteen ninety seven. I think three of my four movies were made in nineteen ninety seven, with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. This movie is insane. <laughs> to foil a terrorist plot. An FBI agent undergoes facial transplant surgery to assume the identity of the criminal mastermind who murdered his only son. But the criminal wakes up prematurely and seeks revenge. They switch faces. Yeah. This, that's the plot of this movie. <laughs> it is so crazy. It, and it's yeah. entertaining. Is this like an original, like, let's write this movie? Or do they bite? Is it based I don't off see. Something? I don't see based off of anything. That's crazy. I don't know how you come up with this idea. I have no idea. But probably because of John Travolta, I couldn't really watch this much growing up because he, he, he likes to. He's a sailor <laughs> with, his, uh, with, with his acting. But uh, I just always feel like I saw him watching it. Um, or like if it was on TV and it was, you know, mm-hmm. of course they bleep stuff out and, and cut scenes. But, uh, yeah, I think this is your classic dad movie. Yeah. You think so? I, I, I think so. It's got the ludicrous plot. It's, <laughs> I don't know if it's funny on purpose. I mean, it definitely is at certain points, but it's funny on accident a lot. I mean, Travolta and Cage are like dialed up to 14 mm-hmm. and on a scale of the 10 in this movie. They're both just absolutely insane all in um yeah and it's got the action it's got some iconic lines some iconic scenes um and it's also a movie yeah like one of those classic cable movies i mean you're watching obviously the tv 14 version with some of the stuff edited out but you're watching that over and over and over again you know you feel like it's always on every weekend face off is on one of the channels and <laughs> you're like well well i guess we can watch face off this weekend because mm-hmm. nothing else to do i again i don't even i know i've seen this movie in its entirety once but i think maybe only one time but i've seen scenes from this movie a lot because i feel like my dad would flip onto it and then be like no we can watch this part for a little bit and then flip off you know mm-hmm I'm just reading a quote. Good old channel. It's really funny, but yeah, I can't read it. Yeah, that 
I mean, this movie is ludicrous. Yeah. Absolutely ludicrous. Bro, someone walked they, – they gathered in their meeting room and said, all right, here's the plot. Hear me out. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked. It, because it made 200 – This plot – and they said, I want Nicolas Cage. In 1997, <laughs> this bad boy made almost $246 million worldwide. <laughs> okay. And, and it only so made twenty three million opening weekend though. Yeah, yeah, because people are like, well, I'm not watching this. And then so <laughs> yeah, they're like, what I is guarantee this? their friends are like, dude, this is the wildest movie I've ever seen. You have to go see it. Um, I think it's also interesting that most of these movies that we're picking are times when our our, our, our dads were a little bit older than us. So I'm I'm excited to see what wild at, movies we at just what cling point, to. Yeah, at what point I'm going to be like, oh, okay, this is going to be a little crazy. I think mine are actually from when my dad was my age. So maybe I've already got my No, my, I think you might I think you might now. drop Midsummer. Please don't have your kids watch that. I'm not going to have my kids watch Midsummer. Um for those of you that don't, I don't encourage any other person to ever watch that ever. I've but How many I'll times very, have you watched I'm very it? Very on the record. I I I plead the 5th amendment. I will not be okay. addressing That's that fair. at this time. Maybe in a later date. That's fair. Okay. My final pick. Um, I want to actually take three seconds. I'm going to vamp a little bit, and I want my dad to guess what my final pick is going to be. I already told him it's not Princess Bride. Uh, you guessed it, Dad. It's Tombstone. You should have gotten that right. Um, the best Western I've ever seen, um, starring Kurt, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, uh, Powers Booth, and it is about Wyatt Earp. It's just that's what it's about. It's about Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the Earp family taking over a town and the shootout of the OK Corral. And uh, one of the first movie memories that I have in my life is the scene where Kurt Russell's Wyatt Earp is just walking through the creek whenever they get they have the they get essentially caught on a crossfire on both sides. And he's just walking through the creek yelling, no, no. No, as he keeps shooting his revolver. It's so cool. I, this movie mm. is fantastic. I, I, I love this movie. I think I've seen it probably 10 times all the way through in my life. Um, this is, I believe, the first movie I ever heard my dad say. It's a good movie if you like good movies. Um, I'm Your Huckleberry is one of the most iconic quotes, I think, in the last 30 years in movies. Uh, Listen, and- Mr. Candace Law Dog. Law don't go around here, savvy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's some ridiculous parts of this movie. It's got some emotional punches. Uh, when Bill Paxton's character gets killed, you f- really feel for it. Spoiler. Um, sorry. Um, and I think Val Kilmer is legitimately, like, has an Oscar-worthy performance in this film because he's portraying a guy who is actively dying from tuberculosis. Um, and he looks sickly and pale as heck, but he's still by far the coolest guy in the entire movie. Also, iconic facial hair movie. I mean, just if you just go online and look at the stills of just the mustache that Kurt Russell is sporting, or obviously Sam Elliott's always got a good mustache, but Russell and and Paxton, that's great. Have you ever seen this movie? You've never seen Tombstone. I'm so disappointed with David right now. You need to watch this. That's legitimately the best Western I've ever seen in my life. It looks so familiar, and I know so much about it. But I, you know, I've never seen this. Yeah, it's one of my dad's favorites, and this was another one that I felt like was always on TV. Justice um, is I'm coming. Pretty sure I bought him the Blu-ray actually because I know how much he loves it. It's just got everything you want. Um, it's got emotion. It's got some comedy, but it's really just because Doc Holliday is clowning dumb people in this town. <laughs> um, and it's got 
great action sequences. Mm. Um, fantastic action sequ- set pieces. One of the all time, I'm going to go on YouTube and just watch the shootout at the OK Corral because I have five minutes to kill bit. Like, I love that. So we, we've talked about these eight movies. Do they make movies the same anymore? Because I feel like we revisit these classics again and we just, we just, we just glue, like, we talk about them so much and we're like, man, this was. I remember this moment. This was so good. Like, are they? Do they make movies, movies like this anymore? I think yes and no. One of them, and I think this is on all of us, and I, I'm certainly a part of this, um, is we love to deconstruct the heck out of everything now. Um, so, like some of these movies, like for instance, Armageddon makes no sense really when you think about the plot of that movie. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense at all, but it's still like entertaining. And I think at a certain point, we haven't really allowed that. In, in like to permeate just our brains and we're always just either we want everything to be connected because I think the MCU has spoiled us in thinking that everything should be connected mm. um, and we also want everything to be like to hold up to heavy scrutiny which I don't need from all my movies I think so I think the answer is no but also yes you know I think in 10 years We'll look back and be like, oh, this is a movie like, uh, for instance, a movie that I just thought of off the top of my head that I think will be one of these rewatchable things is as a Tom Cruise movie. Actually, it's uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. Like, I think that that's a movie I will be revisiting a lot all the time just because it's a fun action movie that, yeah, maybe some of the time travel stuff doesn't hold up great or something, but it's got a cool premise Mm -hmm. and it's entertaining and it's got some comedy. And yeah, so. I, I think they do make movies like this. I think it's just harder, especially now. I mean, we're in a pandemic and we're just now coming out of it. So movie theaters and yeah. direct to streaming movies and stuff is different. I feel like some of these you got to watch in theaters, which and I have none of these I've seen in theaters at the outset. But I feel like that's where you fall in love with movies a lot. And it's hard to fall in love with movies on your couch at first. I do think a movie we forgot about because um, my dad's told me stories like Rocky Four. My dad has told me stories of how like yeah you in game up in the- game moments when when uh uh what's his name the Russian's name Ivan Drago Ivan Drago I was gonna say drag off but that's not it <laughs> Ivan Dra- when he's like defeated he he like tells us how the entire theater like jumped up and started cheering and yeah. like that was just like the movie that like so like that's your classic and- movie theater experience that without that. If it was on HBO Max nowadays, we—I mean, we probably would still be into it. But without that theater, like if we were to watch Endgame without the theater experience, yeah, we don't care, right? Ooh, it's not as good. And you know? I think the, a lot of these movies that we're talking about are big action movies, and big action movies are best seen in a theater. They just mm-hmm. are like that. This later this week, I'm going to watch Ambulance in a theater. I could wait until Ambulance comes to whatever streaming service it's going to come to in two months. This isn't a movie I've been dying to see, but somebody I trust tweeted. This is a great movie to watch in theaters. Mm. It's not like groundbreaking. You're not going to come out of that being like, is this better than Scorsese's Taxi Driver? What you are going to come out of it thinking is that was good. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to be entertained. And I think that these movies in a lot of ways, that's their primary goal. It's not to like make the best movie ever. I, and I don't think it's realistic for filmmakers to set out with that direction i think if they just set out to entertain people Mm -hmm. more often than not they can do that because i don't know that i would argue i i would argue some of these are legitimately very good movies um but 
I wouldn't argue they're the best ever, but they're more fun to watch than some movies I would consider much better. Yeah. You know, some movies aren't rewatchable and they're great, and other movies are not fantastic, but they're rewatchable, mm-hmm. and these are ones that are. Well, I think something else, too, like with these, when these were in theaters, man, there were no trailers. You didn't see anything or really hear much about it. Mm-hmm. You went to the theater and it was raw for the first time you saw it all. Yeah, you're and not nowadays being exposed it's like we see clips, casting we, leaks. Yeah. You would have to seek that out. You got to pick up a magazine to read about this stuff or you have to go to another movie to watch the trailer for this movie. Mm-hmm. Now if I yeah, Exactly, watch you it, wouldn't even see who's in the movie, really. Now, if yeah. I want to watch a trailer, I just have to go on the internet. Like yeah. and I think that's kind of taken out cuz there's there were people that were buying tickets. I don't remember which movie this was. That came out before Phantom Menace, people were buying tickets to go watch this movie just because they knew the Phantom Menace trailer was going to be before it. You'd mm. never have something like that now. Mm-mm. Even when Marvel is dropping trailers at the end of end credit scenes, it's going to be online 24 hours later, so it's not like I would actually have to go pay for the movie yeah. to go watch it, which I think is sad because I really love going to movies. And quite honestly, when I – in a month when I get a job where it's financially viable for me to go frequently, I'm going to be a person that goes to the movies – Probably once a week. Yeah, that'll have to be in the budget because I just – yeah, I just love it. Um, what are what are some movies – you mentioned Rocky Four. What are a couple that just barely missed your Mount Rushmore? Uh, I got a whole movie series because we bought this complete bundle on Blu-ray for Dad on Father's Day. Okay. <laughs> and that was the Mission Impossible series. Ah. He okay. was so happy and yep. still has them and likes and watches them in order sometimes. Um, and so that that's one for me well, – many for me, but Mission Impossible for sure is, again, like – Tom Cruise, oh, he does his own stunts. I really applaud that man, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think that mine would be, first of all, I know that my dad has seen the last hour, just the final battle of Endgame, like 11 times at this moment. I feel like my mother could corroborate this. Whenever he gets bored, I think he just turns on Disney Plus and goes to Endgame, clicks on it, and then fast forwards until the final battle starts, and then he just watches from there, (laughs) which is great. Um, Some for me would be bigger heavy hitters, but my dad introduced me to both Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, Um, and those are ones I remember watching early, and I think those are dad movies as well. Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings is a little bit – I think it's too long to fall into this category that I want because I – it's on and we would watch it all the time, but like if you're watching Lord of the Rings on TNT with commercials, it's like five hours long. <laughs> and I will have I, I have heard a a dad say this: if the movie's over two hours, it's not a good movie. I've heard dad say that. So um, whoever said that is first of all wrong. Uh, I don't know who said that, but that that is incorrect. But yeah, I think it kind of fits as like. Well, yeah, we don't agree with that. But like Lord of that, the Rings, Dad, like oh, it doesn't they're not long, rewatchable. You know? um, and there's some of my father's favorite movies too, but they're not insanely mm-hmm. rewatchable just because there's such a commitment. Mm-hmm. Where these movies, I don't feel like. I mean, only one of my movies and none of yours are like a sequel. So it doesn't take like commitment. You don't feel like you need to w- watch the ones before it. And then, I mean, this Indiana Jones movie is standalone. It's not like you have to watch Indiana Jones 1 and 2 to understand Indiana yeah. Jones 3. You really don't. The connection it's going to be like is, the Knives Out series the, where they kind of separate. Connection is connected minimal. but separate. Yeah, but you don't really need it. It'll enhance your enjoyment, yeah. but you don't need it. I will say, so I put these three movie series in the same bowl. They're the same to me. Um, with Mission Impossible... I put Jason Bourne in 007. Okay. Those three movie theories are like movie series are like iconic dad movies, I feel like. And uh, I know like in COVID, we watched all three of those series mm-hmm. together. Boom, 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 boom. I would say the Mission Impossible ones for my family. We were never a 007 family. Mm-hmm. We watched the recent Craig ones. Um, I've seen the Brosnan ones, and I think one or two of the Connery ones. I have not watched the Rock one. I don't really care to. And Bourne, this is going to be a hot take. 
I don't really like Jason Bourne movies. I don't. I hate the camera. I hate the shaky cam action. I just do. He would be. He would win out of the fight between the three. He would win though. That's that's absolutely true based on his training. But I just don't. I just don't love the the camera shakiness. Um, yeah, you're not a fan of that. There's a couple movies you've like. Oh, that I would be so much better. Hate if it- shaky cam. I hate when Marvel movies do it too because they do shaky cam and then they do eight thousand cuts every fight scene. Which- that doesn't make it like. For Jason Bourne, you don't get like more intense, like because it's you feel like you're there. I just it? feel like I can't tell what's going on. <laughs> okay, um, I will ask you. Okay, so we we have Mount Rushmore, right? Um, it's Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. Uh, I want you to put each of these movies in a place. I want you to actually designate them which on the Mount Rushmore you're going to put them. Which one? Which movie would you consider the Washington of the group? Which one is the Jefferson? Oh boy! Which one is the Roosevelt? Which one is the I, you Lincoln? didn't prepare me for this? No, I didn't. I wanted to surprise you. I think it's more fun this way. Hmm. You want me to go first? I have my list ready. Yeah, because okay. I, I gotta like think of the peop- the person, how much they, inf- you know, yeah, yeah. So for, uh, I think for I'll just start with Roosevelt and work backwards. I think I, I don't know if we're if we're ranking the presidents. I think we're I, you can fight over Washington and. Um, Lincoln, but I think you probably have Roosevelt in the secure fourth place there. Um, I'll do Roosevelt first, and I think that for me is Armageddon. Just based off of the quality of the movie, I think these other three movies are way better um, quality-wise. Not necessarily entertainment-wise, but I'll put Armageddon four. Also because I think my dad likes this movie, but I think he likes the other ones more. Could be speaking out of turn. Uh, Three, I will be putting Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. Um, Actually, this is just going to be in the order I said it. The Lincoln spot, I would be putting Lincoln in second here instead of Washington. The Lincoln spot, I will give a few good men. And the Washington spot, because I think it's one of the most rewatchable movies for my father, but also one of his favorite movies, I will be going Tombstone. Mm. So so to recap, it's Armageddon in Roosevelt, Indiana Jones in Jefferson, a few good men in Lincoln, and Tombstone in the Washington position. Which is the best, the gold. That is the best. That is number one overall. Mm. David. What do you got? I think I think simply um I think I'll put Roosevelt I think I'll put red at the Roosevelt spot simply just because it's a it's a very it's much newer compared to these other three. Right. So it's not something we grew up with. It's not something hasn't steeped yet in its Yeah, exactly. its quality. Um yep. and you know, I feel like if I, honestly if that had to choose, I think he'd choose one of these three over red just okay. cuz they He's more connected to the characters. Mo, you know, Will Smith, Harrison knows these actors a lot more. Nicholas Cage, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, red at the Roosevelt spot. Um, I love how we're just giving opinions to our fathers, and they may disagree. With yeah, us they're completely. like, dude, no. But what? this is what we've observed. Okay, so if we're wrong, sorry, you're still going to listen to this podcast. You're not. It's not like you're going to stop. So, hmm. Mm. I think for me, I think. Face off would go Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Okay. Um you know, it's one of those that we didn't necessarily watch as much because it's, you know, rated R, maybe a little more stuff, so mm-hmm. it wasn't as much washable with the fam, mm-hmm. you know. Um still when when you could or when it was like on cable, tried to, but yeah, I think that'd go there. Yeah. Um I think Air Air mm, This is fun on the spot. <laughs> thinking uh, I'll do the gold one first, actually. So the top dog. For my dad, I think it's Men in Black. Really? I think he really just loves that movie, and it's so weird. It's a really good movie. I, um, I would understand. It's it's just fun, and Will Smith really is funny. He, and I think I think my dad he likes action, well but I really movie. think 
My dad loves a specific kind of humor. Hates The Office. Hates that kind of humor. So does my dad. Disgusted by it. (laughs) But I think uh, when he gets like a specific comedy that he really likes, and I think that Men in Black has this, I think he really attaches to that. So George Washington gets Men in Black. Okay. Ironic. And then Thomas uh, Abraham Lincoln is... I can't believe you just said that. Air Force One. I'm canceling David Dirks on this Um, podcast. This is the last episode you'll ever hear of him. Abraham Lincoln uh, is Air Force One, which is still good, right? It's up there. Um, and Harrison Ford is very classic. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think, it's I think that's mine. Would you agree with that, that ranking? I mean, I, I don't know what your father would base it. I think that you probably just ordered – yeah, I, the, I mean, if we're doing overall enjoyment, I think I would probably flip Air Force One and Men in Black. Yeah. Um, but I think I would keep the rest the same. There's uh, more suspense in Air Force One, like yeah. more of like a, a – uh, satisfaction of the ending kind of thing. Yeah, so to recap our list, um, Mount Rushmore of dad movies for David, it's Red, Air Force One, Men in Black, and Face Off. And for me, it's Armageddon, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade, A Few Good Men, and Tombstone, with the honorable mention of The Last Hour of Endgame, because I know my dad <laughs> loves to just rewatch that. This isn't a movie, but something that my dad always rewatches is the Chiefs 54 Super Bowl. He has recorded <laughs> on dish... <laughs> And he just That's plays great. that over and over. He he fast forwards the seven and a half minutes left in the third and just watches. When they when they turned on the um, AFC Championship games, when they were doing reruns of those, um, Brandon was glued to the TV, and I think that's fantastic. I don't blame him. He's like, I waited fifty I'm, years for this. Yeah, I'm going I'm like, to. I know I'm going to be exactly like yeah. this when oh, I'm yeah. older. So it's great. It's yeah, great for sure. But uh, this has been our classic dad movies, Mount Rushmore. Uh, of dad movies thanks for listening um we'll be back next week uh and don't forget to follow us on twitter at what do you want to watch dm us if you have any questions or show ideas and thanks for listening oh here we go yeah speak on it My dad wasn't already asleep right now after recording this later. Just tell him about this. I love that. Alright, have a good week, everyone.